Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about how you can sabotage a Bible study. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're going to give you all the tips and tactics that you need to sabotage a group Bible study. And I'll start off by encouraging you that if this is truly your goal, it's not as hard as it looks. Sometimes we fall under the impression that because the Word of God is a sword that completes the armor that Christians wear, that if we just open it up, leave it on the table, then it's going to somehow start taking stabs at the devil on its own. Fortunately, at least for those saboteurs out there, that is not the case. This is a book, and like many others on my shelf, it's not the best blunt object out there to use as a physical weapon, and it's not going to work. People say that the pen has more power than the sword, and that's why books are so powerful, because words, they convey ideas. But if you were to consult with Satan, you would find that even reading the words of Scripture can be used for his own advantage. In fact, we know that Satan used the word of God to tempt Jesus himself. Matthew records it for us in the fourth chapter of his gospel, writing that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days, 40 nights, he was hungry. That's an understatement. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. Notice here, Satan doesn't quote from the great philosophers of the day, and there were plenty he could have cited. He didn't deny the existence of God. He didn't try to undermine the reliability of the scriptures. No, Satan tempted Jesus in the best way he knew how, manipulating what was written. If you want to sabotage a Bible study, you shouldn't just walk in and tell the group that God isn't real. You shouldn't just walk in and say that you're tired of the Bible. You want to read philosophy instead of the Bible that day. No, that's not going to work. To really grind that study to a halt. You have to be a little more subtle. You've got to pull out a verse and say, see, this here, it says that the Son of God can throw himself down and angels will rush to rescue him. Why don't you try that? That's what Satan kept trying because he knew that scripture, that was his ticket in. Matthew chapter four makes it clear to us. Satan is okay when Christians read the Bible. He's Probably fine when we get together in groups and read it, perhaps. He he doesn't want to stop those Bible studies. He just wants Christians to save him a seat at the table. He wants to witness as a group of people who claim to be bound together by the love of God, rip each other apart and, and tear into each other 
about where a comma should fall in that verse or, or whether that word is the right translation. He wants to watch as people are convicted of their sins during a study, but are put down and ridiculed by the others in the group so that they don't end up changing their behavior. He wants to see the hypocrite who lords over the group with their self-righteousness because he knows what that person thinks and says and does when they're alone. Satan wants to be there for that. It is a front row seat to his victory. And as he sits there at the table, he tries to recruit us as his saboteurs. And he shares with us the plays from his own playbook. His first play is to sidetrack the group with questions. Now, he knows that not all questions are going to get the job done. In fact, asking questions and hearing questions from other people, that might be one of the best ways that Christians can grow. Not all questions are destructive. Sometimes Christians should be aware, perhaps, of the questions that they're asking based on the setting. If their own well-intentioned questions might cause someone else uh, studying there to stumble, then maybe we should address those questions in a different way or in a smaller group. But those aren't the kinds of questions that Satan wants us to ask here. Satan wants us to ask questions that divert our attention from truth to opinion as quickly as possible. He wants questions to be asked that provoke people to get up on their soapbox, to talk about their petty disagreements, to make the study about them and their thoughts and their worldview and their opinion. He doesn't want that group to work through difficult questions that lead them into a deeper understanding of scripture. He wants superficial questions that make us respond with how we feel or our opinion on what is right and wrong. Notice that's what he did with Jesus. He never came out with this long treatise on why Jesus should listen to him. He gave him a single verse out of context and asked Jesus how he would feel about being the king of the world. To sabotage a Bible study, you need to ask questions that force people to abandon the words of Paul and Moses and Peter and ultimately through them God for their own words. Satan's second play is to confuse us with relativism. You know, from his seat at the table, he tells the group, this is a safe place where all thoughts and opinions are valid. There are no wrong answers. Just freely speak your truth. Then Satan sits back and he watches the show, encouraging his recruited saboteurs not to intervene no matter how absurd all those thoughts and all those opinions may be. There in the wilderness, Satan himself tried this out. Jesus, if you are truly the son of God, you should throw yourself down off this temple. And I write a verse and that's my interpretation of it is what Satan's saying. To really sabotage a Bible study, convince everyone that God's will is based on their opinion. And then no matter how long or studiously they study, they won't find the truth. Finally, his third play is to constrain Bible study to its name. Satan wants us to just study. He wants us to make our Bible reading a purely academic affair. Now, based on Matthew chapter 4, I think he would prefer us to stay away from deep study entirely and just you know, cherry pick a few verses to prove our own opinions. But when he can't get us to do that, he will settle for us dissecting and examining and, if he can, critiquing Scripture instead of allowing it to transform our lives. Romans chapter 12 
tells us that we should not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, I've often turned to that chapter to show why it is so foolish to live our life or try to live a life without God and try to remain sinless. That's just impossible. We have to start with the mindset of God if we are going to be pleasing to him. There's no other way. But the reverse of this is also true. We cannot just work on the mindset and forget about the transformation. Uh, Satan is okay with us filling our minds with God's word. He did it. He used it to win debates and win arguments. And if Satan hasn't stopped us by the point of filling up our minds with God's word, he's fine with locking up the system and, and taking out that final cog of transformation. He's okay if the word of God goes into our mind. He just doesn't want it coming back out. To sabotage a Bible study, make sure that by the end, no one is going to change their life. That's how you do it. That's how you stop a group Bible study. But for those of you who don't want to be a saboteur, take a look back at how Jesus dealt with it in Matthew chapter 4. Satan is going through his whole playbook on him, trying to get him to cave. But each time Satan tried to manipulate scripture to fit his purposes, Jesus responded with a simple phrase. It is written. When Jesus tried to undercut, or excuse me, when Satan tried to undercut God's word, Jesus doubled down. It is possible to understand the Bible as God intended it to be understood, but we must be willing to stand up and say, it is written. If we cling to that phrase, no matter how hard others try, our Bible study will be worthwhile. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey there, thank you for listening through this episode of Rooted Daily. We think it's so important that you grow with Christ continually, using the Word of God as your only foundation. That's why we release these episodes every weekday, so that you can root yourself daily in the Bible. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you don't miss us. And if you think a friend would benefit from hearing this good news, hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready now to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com.